And what's good, everybody? What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving as we're back in the shop, talking to you about everything that's gone on the last couple of days in the world of sports. Going to touch on the Dallas Cowboys losing their Thanksgiving game to the Buffalo Bills here in the monologue. Touch on why Michigan needs to fire Jim Harbaugh after Michigan once again Lost another uh, rivalry game to Ohio State earlier today. And I'll preview Ravens 49s, the big NFL game of the weekend. And I'll give you my picks for week th- for the Sunday and Monday night action in case for the Seahawks and the Vikings. Give you my picks for the, for action of week 13 in the National Football League. So, hope you guys had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm your host, yours truly, Josh Shields here. Uh, so let's get things started off and rolling with what I told you guys on uh, Wednesday was going to be the uh, the highlight game of uh, Thanksgiving, and that was the and that was the Bills and the Cowboys. Uh, Bills won, uh, improving themselves to nine and three, having their second winning season in three years. First winning season since 2017, when, of course, uh, thanks to Tyler Boyd and the Bengals, <laughs> they made the playoffs in Week 17 of the 2017 season on New Year's Eve. Uh, but the Bills improved to 9-3. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys uh, lost another game. They're now at 506 and 6-6. Bills 9-3 to start the season for the first time since 1996 in their first uh, Thanksgiving game in 25 years when they played the uh, Detroit Lions in 1994. Um, but just to give you the stats and I'll give you my thoughts, Josh Allen, boy, did he play well in the ballgame. 19 for 24, 231 passing yards and a touchdown. Had a, They had the botch snap on that fourth and inches and what a job by Allen, knowing where the football is, recovering the football, and then just doing his best Marshawn Lynch impression and in ref- refusing to go down as he, I mean, if if you didn't, if I mean, if that was the, that's honestly, if you want a a single particular play to describe the that game, it was that. The Bills came up. The Bills were ready to play. They came out. 
guns blazing, raring to go, all excited and pumped up that they were playing in front of uh, a nationally televised audience on Thanksgiving, and the Cowboys had their heads in the sand. I mean, that, I mean that's that's all you need to know. I mean, they came out guns blazing offensively. They came out guns blazing on their first offensive drive. You honestly thought that, oh my goodness gracious, Zeke, Zeke, Zeke was uh, Zeke was back because Zeke was breaking out big runs and anything else. And then it's like second half. What he only have like three carries or something like that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett. I don't. I mean, the, uh, I'm honestly speechless. Cowboys come out seven nothing. Go right down the fields, right down the field and score. And then this, and then their offense was. And their offense was stuck in the rut for the rest of the half. I mean, they they punt the last few. They punt their last two possessions of the first quarter. They throw an interception in the second quarter. They fumble in the second quarter. They miss a field goal in the second quarter. Uh, by, by the way, that's enough of uh, that's enough of Brett Maher. He stinks. Okay, he he should she should hit the unemployment line for the weekend. Is that he shouldn't even be allowed to see. Another week of practice. All those field goals that he missed. But uh, anyway, that's not a hint on him. Brett Maher, he stinks. Get him out. Get him out. How many? I mean, he missed. I mean, he, oh, my goodness gracious. Missed field goal. I mean, how? I mean, hold on. Let me, I mean, he he missed one in the second. He missed one in the second quarter. Okay, third quarter. Misses another field goal. And then, and then, uh, and then fourth quarter. And then he missed two. I mean, he missed two. I mean, he missed one, two, three. He missed two field. He missed two field goals in the game. For, for you know, and you're on a and you're on a Dallas offense that is really since your first drive has done absolutely nothing in the game. I mean, it's almost as if like Dallas was you know it would actually look like the Zeke. It was going to be a game led by Zeke Elliott's performance. They were giving him the ball in the first quarter, and all of a sudden you blank, and it's like, well, where did Zeke go? I mean, can you find him? Zeke, hey, can we had to sign a search warrant for Zeke Elliott? He was nowhere to be found for the rest of the ball game. Twelve carries, seventy-one yards. You can't, you and a guy you're paying ninety million dollars to that held out all throughout training camp this past August. Who was your first round running back out of Ohio State? Who you're paying ninety million dollars to, and you're the Dallas Cowboys, and you're playing on Thanksgiving in front of America. It's the it was the highest the high the Cowboy game was always the highest rated regular season game uh, of the season, unless of course last year was a uh, last year of course with uh, Chiefs Rams a few days before Thanksgiving last year. But we, but we had we to the so far we had not we've yet to have a a Chiefs Rams type of uh, game of that of that um amount of viewership and attention. So this I mean and the rate and the ratings came out I think it was yesterday. This was this was the highest rated CBS NFL Thanksgiving game in uh, in in twenty five years. I'll I mean I will pull it up again in a minute. But I mean everybody in the whole. I mean, here let me let me read it to you. But uh, this is on uh, this is courtesy of CBS Sports uh, PR on their Twitter page. Uh, Bills and Cowboys most watched Thanksgiving Day game on CBS in twenty seven years. Twenty seven years. This is their highest rated Thanksgiving game in twenty seven years, and the most watched regular season game on any network in three years. 
averaging thirty two point five million viewers. So I guess be so I guess this beat uh Chiefs and Rams. So I'll, I'll see if I can double check, but it beat. But still, it's a big time game, and and he's not. And it's not like this is Zeke's first time go around. Of the Cowboys' first time going around playing on Thanksgiving, Zeke's played in every thanks. Zeke has played on every Thanksgiving since his rookie year in 2016, and Jason Garrett has been a coach of every Thanksgiving uh, game that the Cowboys have played for the past nine, ten seasons. I mean, if if this isn't further proof why Jason Garrett needs to be forced out the door down in Dallas, in the Dallas, Arlington, Frisco, Fort Worth area, wherever you go, you know, pick your city, go ahead, go ahead and choose. But if this wasn't further proof why he needs to be kicked out and should no longer be the Dallas Cowboys head coach, I don't know what else to tell you. Because you cannot, under any circumstance, I mean, Zeke had like 10 carries in the game for 50 yards within like the first quarter and a half, and then he only touches the ball about less than five times the rest of the way. That's not championship football, and the, and and th- that team especially can't afford to do that because that team's offense is made and is and is constructed through Ezekiel Elliott. At that off- Ezekiel Elliott is that offense's heart and soul. He's their bread and butter. If he's not on the field, the offense does the the offense does not work in the way it's supposed to unless Ezekiel Elliott is involved. And somebody better tell Jason Garrett that because if not, you're going to keep on scoring less than tw- less than 20 points every single time you go out there. You didn't score a touchdown in the Patriot game, and then you always and and you only scored you only scored uh two and you only scored two on Thursday. Scored you scored one in garbage time, and then you and then you scored and then you scored uh your first drive of the ball game. And you actually saw me tweet. I was like, "Oh wow! Looks like the Cowboys have learned their lesson from the Patriot game." Boy, boy, boy! Did they make me eat my words because they because they went out there and totally and totally urinated and crapped all over themselves. And then, then let me read it. At here, let me. I'm having to give you the time. Four 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 forty on Thursday. Cowboys offense looks like they have learned their lesson from their mistakes against the Patriots on Sunday. Tweeted that out. That's obviously to go down in the field and score. Zeke, you know, Zeke mother Zeke's like he's ready to play. And then all of a sudden then, then all of a sudden it's and then all of a sudden it's uh you know, Brett Maher will be out of a, should be out of a job and I got Colby and enough of the and enough of the Dallas Cowboy defense, please. I mean enough, please. They they're not Enough of the Dallas Cowboy defense. I don't want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys defenses, Dallas Cowboys defense that when I got their ex wide when when I got their ex third string wide receiver Cole Beasley essentially going over to the Buffalo Bills and looking like the second coming of, of Andre Reed with six receptions, one hundred and ten yards, and one touchdown. Target seven times, caught six passes, one hundred and ten yards, and a touchdown pass. I don't want to hear anything about this Dallas Cowboy defense. But back to my main point. Enough. An, Maher, get out, and Garrett, get out. You, you and Maher should hit the bricks. Should uh, should should hit the unemployment line by. I don't, and I and I don't give a crap that it's holiday season. You and Maher should be unemployed come December the first. Because my Maher is no excuse. You can't be missing those kicks like that when your offense has been so inept the last couple of games. That's inexcusable. And then Garrett. Um, to go away from Ezekiel Elliott 
why? For what point? What reason? The the Buffalo Bills were ranked nineteenth against the rush. Okay, that's me. That's not great. That's not terrible. That's mediocre. And Zeke can do pretty well off of mediocre. We saw that in the first couple offensive drives of the ball game. But why they went away from the run, I have no idea. And Jason Garrett, if this is like Exhibit Z, why Jason Garrett should be out of a job come season's end. Because this is just ridiculous. Honest to God. And what's even more ridiculous is that Jerry Jones went after Jason Garrett and his whole coaching staff after the game. While I'm not, a, I'm upset with the coaching staff. Well, I'm upset with the coaching staff. I'm upset with the way that we've performed. I mean, Jerry Jones actually sounded like a real owner. That you know, he sounded very George Steinbrenner esque after the game on after the game on Sunday. Only for him, only for him to do a complete 180. Have the have the Cowboys once again fall on their ass. Only for only for him to basically come out, you know, eyes glossy and teary-eyed saying, well, if, well, if I fire Jason Garrett, there's zero chances that we're making to the Super Bowl. Jerry, there's zero chance you're making it to the Super Bowl with or without Jason Garrett. So what difference does it make? You're not making the Super Bowl. If you win the division, you're going to be one and done in the playoffs anyway. You're not making it to the NFC Championship game, and that'd be the only thing that, in my opinion, would save Jason Garrett is if he makes it to the NFC Championship game. If he goes to the Super Bowl, good lord, knowing Jerry Jones, he'll be a he'll be a cowboy coach until the day until the day Jason Garrett takes his last breath on earth. If if, if by some ridiculous miracle the Cowboys end up get to a Super, not even winning one, if some if by some ridiculous miracle the Cowboys end up getting to a Super Bowl, Jason Garrett will be a will be a cowboy head coach for the rest of his life. But he isn't. And the and the and the chances of that happening is slim to one, so for him for Jerry Jones to do a complete one eighty of what he said Sunday to what he said after the game Thursday, Jerry, Jerry quit being a fan. All right, you can't be emotionally attached to these. You can't be emotionally attached to, your, to the guys that work for you. You just get, when it when it comes to business, you cannot don't. What do they say? Do keep a balance of your personal life and keep have keep and maintain a balance between your personal life and your professional life, and don't mix business with pleasure, please. And Jerry Jones has to learn that. I get it. He's not a. I get it that he's not the easiest guy to work for. I get it. He can be a pain in the neck. I get it. He can be a little bit e- egotistical and quote unquote Trump like because he wants to have his hands and fingerprints and face on everything that he associates with and everything that he touches. I understand all that. I understand Jerry, you know, he's chomping at the bit for him to win something. If that means he at a, being at 80 years old has to, you know, has to, um, you know, basically have hand all, you know, control everything with the Cowboys. I understand that he hasn't won a championship since 1996 or 95. Uh, it, was, it had to be 90, 95. I, I understand all that. But, but still, you can't, you, but still, you can't, can't, Jerry. You can't be a fan. You got to make you got to make decisions that's going to hurt you internally, but will help you and the and will benefit your team for the long run. 
I get it that you're emotionally attached to Jason Garrett, and he's basically like your like your puppet. So you get to control the Cowboys, but he just has a role of head coach. But Jerry, you gotta learn. You gotta learn how to let him and let some things go, because he he is what he. If you don't realize it soon, soon you will be the thing that's detrimental to the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't think Jerry Jones is the detriment of the Dallas Cowboys. I think that he plays a part of it, but I think that if the Dallas Cowboys had a decent, competent coach that actually would stand up to Jerry Jones, I think the Dallas Cowboys would be one of the best would be one of the best teams in football. But you can't expect to I don't want you can't expect to win anything when you have Jason Garrett as your head coach. He's an average head coach. Average. You take away one or two playoff wins that he has in his career. He's the equivalent of Marvin Lewis. Except the fact that he doesn't that he did that he wasn't the mastermind behind a uh, legendary championship all time defense. Marvin Lewis was in the 2000 Ravens defense. Jason Garrett, job pretty much fell in his lap. But, Jerry, you can't go out there and kill your head coach and kill your coaching staff one day, on Sunday and then turn around four, f- four or five days later after you lose another game and then, and then sit there and talk about having each other's backs and playing buddy system. That I... I nor any cowboy fan wants to hear that. Wants to put up with that. Please, Jerry, Jerry, please wake up, get wake up, smell the coffee, and get a grip. In order, if you want to go forward with this franchise, and if you want to win your first championship, in nearly in what twenty five years, get rid of Jason Garrett. And while you're at it, tell Maher to get lost too. All those missed field goals. It's ridiculous. Anyway, take a break. Got that on the board. Take a break. I'll explain to you what. And, and then and here's nothing before I forget. Yeah, Cowboy, if we're not, we're not winning a championship if we don't have. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Jason Garrett isn't a patch on Tom Landry's ass. You're not winning a championship this year with or without Jason Garrett. So what difference does it make? Let let it go and let him go. Come on, Jerry. Don't don't put your emotions over. Don't think. Don't think and manage with your heart. Manage and think with your head. Leave your emotions out of it. Think and use what's in between your ears. Because you keep it up, Jerry, it's it's going to get ugly fast. And another thing I think that's probably wrong with the, da- with the Dallas team is that they is that they think that they're a little better than they are. The, like I told you, the defense stinks. Sean Lee, uh-uh. uh, the secondary, uh, uh, there's no Deion Sanders sitting, sitting back there at the corner. Uh, it's just I don't want to hear about the defense, and I think that they are honestly better. Honestly, I honestly think the Dallas Cowboys players think they're better than they really are. I really, I think they're they're a little old, they think a little bit too highly of themselves. That they're not, and they got a dose of reality that they're not as good as they think they are. And one other thing, one other thing. Okay, can we take Dak Prescott out the Hall of Fame, please? Skip Bayless, I'm I'm talking to you. Okay, I don't give a crap about his QBR and his completion percentage and the yards that he throws the ball. Nobody cares. Fact of the matter is he 
threw a the fact of the matter is he threw an interception and he fumbled twice. Okay, Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman, Don Meredith, Roger Staubach. Uh, uh-uh. you can't sit up here and act like that you're some that you're an elite quarterback fumbling twice and you can't be elite and turn over the football please and let's call it Dak is good he's not a great quarterback I'm sorry you ask you ask me who I'm taking Dak or Mahomes I'm taking Mahomes you ask me who I'm taking Dak or Rodgers I'm taking Rodgers Dak or Breeze I'm taking Breeze I won't even go Dak and Brady because that's just blasphemy just to even bring that question into the just to say that question even into the atmosphere you know you go you, you, you go Dak or Wilson. I'm going Wilson. I mean, I mean, come on now, Dak. Let's calm down on Dak Prescott, please. You can't, you can't call yourself an elite quarterback. You turn over the football twice. Two, I mean, you lost one fumble, but you fumbled twice and you threw an interception. Enough of Dak Prescott. Can we, can we calm down on Dak Prescott? If we want to make him an immortal, will you please? Anyway. Take a break. I'll touch on why Michigan needs to also wise up and kick Jace, uh, Jason, kick Jim Harbaugh out the door. Back after this. Welcome back to Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to college football, where uh, number one ranked Ohio State beat um, beat their uh, their their favorite little punching bag in uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Who, if, if the fate, I mean, for. The, Honestly, I mean, where do I even go? I mean, granted, photos now. Let me be clear. I'm a college football fan. I don't watch a lot of college. I don't. Obviously, I don't watch. And I'm pretty sure many of you don't either. Watch as much college football as you do the pros, because college football is kind of like a. It's kind of like a regional sport. You know, nobody. No, you know, no one in the state of Alabama gives a crap about Ohio State, Michigan. They're all revved up on Alabama, Auburn, which. Which uh, Auburn FBTW lost to Alabama? Excuse me, Alabama lost to Auburn earlier today. By the way, and Auburn, or excuse me, Alabama, was, which was ranked, uh, I believe, fourth in the nation, fourth or fifth. Let me make sure I get this right. Uh, ranked fifth in the nation. You can write them off of having a chance in the college football playoff. Fifth, you know, they lost to LSU and then they got upset by uh by fifteenth ranked Auburn and lost by three points. So you can officially write out Alabama and kiss them goodnight and give them the coup de gras Alabama's season as far as competing for a national championship and getting into the playoff is finished. Okay. They will play I don't even know who they even play next week if they have a game next week at all. But they'll play their one bowl game and then they'll and then they'll be it for Crimson Tide football until September of uh, two thousand and twenty. But back to Michigan and Ohio State. 
uh, Michigan ranked number one in the country, still on top, twelve of the zero, undefeated, still holding on, still on top, even though their old coach Urban Meyer is now with C, with excuse me with the Fox crew, they're still uh, a dominant football program, while their their rival Michigan State hasn't beaten them in God knows how long. I mean, fifty six to twenty seven, nine and three, ranked thirteenth, ranked in the country, and if. I mean, and I, let me tell you something. If you are, whether it be the AD or 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 the president, wh- whoever's in charge up there at Ann Arbor, Michigan, you have got to make a statement and put your foot down and tell Jim Harbaugh to kick rocks because... I mean, this is a guy that, if you remember, they couldn't wait to get him from the NFL when he was the head coach of the uh, head coach of the Green Bay, uh, not the Green Bay, the San Francisco Forty Niners. Okay, he he's done. I mean, he one of the most overrated football coaches I've seen in my lifetime. I mean. He oh my oh my goodness gracious, no national championships. Did you know? Two th- I mean, look at the look at the championship games that that the man has played in. He made it to three straight championship games with the Forty Niners, two thousand eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Lost two, lost two out of the three. Lost in two thousand eleven to the Giants. Lost uh, and then lost in two thousand thirteen uh, to the Seahawks. One one championship, and that was two thousand twelve against the Atlanta Falcons. And then they went to the Super Bowl. And then had it not been for, we'll never get to the bottom of who or get to like the real authentic reason why the power went out. But if it wasn't for Goodell and his um, bosom buddy cronies. That's got the cash with the betting scenarios and all that and all that sort of crap. If it wasn't for Goodell and his buddies, and if you don't think that the league had something, to, and I'm not the type of guy that that that's all Mr. Conspiracy and isn't you know the games fixed. And I'm not the type of person that says and says those type of things. But if but if you don't but if you don't think that the power going out in Super Bowl Forty Seven wasn't fishy. And then, and someone on the le- from the league office didn't have anything to do with that. You are smoking something, because the Ravens were about to run the Forty ers out of the building. I know. Sat there, watched the like many of you guys did. Those of you all who are Ravens fans, I'm pretty sure you, you did. But still, I know. Okay, I'm. I tr- believe me, trust me. I know the Ravens. I could feel the momentum through the TV. That's how strong it was. If you'd think for a second that the Ravens weren't going to blow the 49ers out of the water, especially after uh, Jacoby Jones took that took that kickoff back with 108 yards, and Arthur Jones got that sack. It was like third and twelve, whatever it was. With Kaepernick and the 49ers, if you think for a second that, that the Ravens weren't going to blow out the 49ers, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. But what happened? The power came back on, 49ers got life, and then 
and the four, and he couldn't get it done against his uh, older brother John in the Super Bowl. So I don't want to hear about Jim Harbaugh this, Jim Harbaugh that. Had one bad season with the 49ers. They kicked him out, and then they and then Michigan, who was was chomping at the bit to get him, everyone made everyone made it seem like that he was the second coming of. Uh, you know the second coming of our Parsian as a you know college as a college football uh, Saints I you know was Howard Schnellenberger for the for the Michigan program. Give me a freaking break! I mean this guy has done absolutely nothing. What and nobody cares about him being ranked in the top twenty five and playing against some godforsaken asinine Orange Bowl. Nobody freaking cares. Oh my goodness gracious! Went went ten and three. Went ten and three in Michigan. Won the Citrus Bowl in two thousand fifteen, two thousand, and then and then outside of that, he hasn't even won the bowl games that he's qualified for. Sixteen went ten and three. Lost the Orange Bowl. Two thousand seventeen went eight and five. Lost the Outback Bowl. Last season went ten and three. Lost the Peach Bowl. Nine and three. They'll make another bowl appearance again but uh but i mean give me a give me a break i mean this guy has done absolutely nothing as a michigan head coach and let me put and let me pull and let me see if i can pull it up michigan versus michigan versus ohio ohio state uh football i mean he's done nothing against michigan he's done nothing against michigan state either i mean i'm supposed to take you know jim harbaugh as, as some as some big time, uh, as some big time football coach, give me a uh, come on, give me a break. I mean, let me, let me read you, let me read you the the results since Har since Harbaugh's since Harbaugh's been there. They played they played in Ann Ar they played in Ann Arbor. Guess who won? I'll say I'll save for the trouble. Ohio State did. Final score forty two thirteen. That was his first year in 2015. 16 games at Columbus. Who wins? Ohio State was ranked second. Michigan was ranked third. Who won? Ohio State, 30-27, double overtime. Okay, the game went back to Ann Arbor again. A game went back to Ann Arbor again. Who won? Ohio State, 31-20. Okay, Michigan, Michigan wasn't wasn't even wasn't even ranked in the top. Uh, wasn't even ranked in the top twenty-five. When he ranked in the top twenty-five. That that time, in two thousand uh two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen last year, Michigan ranked fourth. Ohio State ranked tenth. What was the final score? Sixty two to thirty nine. Okay, so don't sit up here and tell me, well, Michigan was this and Michigan. Was I just read you when Michigan was was in a top four of the college football playoff, was playing in tenth ranked Ohio State. And 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 spit the bit and lost sixty two to thirty nine. Ohio State, best team ranked in the country, they're thirteen. They can knock out their rival and make things a little bit more difficult for them to get into the playoff. What do they do? Vomit all over themselves. Fifty six twenty seven. I mean, I mean, Kim. I mean, enough, 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 enough of Jim Harbaugh and Mich Jim Harbaugh in general, but especially him in Michigan, please. Enough, please, 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 please. The the kid Justin Fields was fourteen for twenty five, threw for three hundred and two passing yards and four touchdown passes. Okay, their running back J.K. Dobbins, thirty one carries, two hundred and eleven rushing yards and four touchdowns. 
that that that's not that is not championship football under any circumstances. Any. The running back and quarterback had a day on you. I mean, they scored two touchdowns in every quarter that they played. Wow, coach were outmatched. I mean, oh, and, you, and don't sit up here and tell me Urban Meyer because this was, I think this is the first year since Urban Meyer has been gone from Ohio State. What, what's, the, what's the excuse this time? I get it. I get it. Some of the rosters is, is still is. I get it that some of the Ohio State roster is still made up of Urban Meyer recruits, but still, he's not. He's not the. He's not the head guy at Ohio State anymore. He sit. He's sitting down on the sideline with an with the earpiece in his ear in a suit and tie with a with a trench coat on. You know, holding the Fox Sports microphone in his hand with makeup on, to breaking down. Uh, you know, breaking down the first half performance with Matt Lyon. Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. He's he's not he's not the head of Ohio. He's not the Ohio State coach anymore. So don't give me that as an excuse. Guy's done absolutely nothing as an, as a as a coach, college and pro. He's done nothing. And don't sit up and tell me what he produced. Andrew, oh, I don't. Yeah, one in out the other for me. Okay, you're there. You're head coach of Ohio State football, or not Ohio State, Michigan football. And it's a basketball school to begin with. It's a basketball school to begin with. But granted, your football team has been competitive and they have been good. But when you're the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines and you play Ohio State every year in the, in the rivalry game, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, you got to beat them. No questions asked. I don't give a, I don't give a crap if you're 13th ranked in the nation and they're ranked second, or if you're ranked second and they're ranked 25. No excuses. Everything here's what Michigan football fans care about: beating Ohio State and winning a national championship. Beat Ohio, beating Ohio State and winning a national championship. In his tenure since 2015. Jim Harbaugh has done none of those. Hasn't coached him to a national championship. And outside of that double overtime loss in 2016, hasn't even came close to beating Ohio State. Pathetic. Get him out, Michigan. Get him out. Take a break. I'm going to preview 49ers and Ravens. Back after this. Welcome back to Amatelic TIS Podcast. One quick thing I forgot to mention last segment about Jim Harbaugh. And I'll play you the cut um, from after the press conference. Listen to Harbaugh get asked the question after the game. Mind you, they lo- mind you that they just got whooped. I mean, Ohio State has owned them since Harbaugh's been there. Owned them. But listen to Harbaugh at, during his post-game press conference. When he gets asked about the differences between Ohio State and and uh, the Michigan football program, get a load of this. Al gap? Is it a preparation gap? Is it a coaching gap? What is the biggest? 
biggest difference between you and Ohio State at this point? I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults. So. That wasn't an insult. I mean, you give 118 points in two years. They played really good. And 1,100 yards. That's what I'm asking. What's, what's the biggest difference in the gap between you guys? They played better than that. I mean that 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 is that is ridiculous. Hold on, let me play for you one more time. Did you hear that? A hundred and eighteen points and over eleven hundred yards in two thousand eighteen. And in 2019 alone, 118 combined points scored. And I got Harbaugh talking about, well, I'll answer your question, but not your insults. Harbaugh, who the hell are you? What have you done? What is what have you done that is noteworthy that is that has proved to me or anybody out there that A that you are up with Ohio State's level uh Football skill wise, well, I mean, what have you what have you done? You have you don't have a leg to stand on. You don't have a bed to shuck your piss bucket under, or a window to throw it out of. Who are you talking about? Well, I won't answer. It's not an insult. It's not an insult, James. It's a yes and it's a it's a it's a honest, straightforward, cut and dry question. This isn't a, a, a backhanded insult or a trick. He's going off of facts. He's going off of what he's seen and what America has seen the last couple of years. That your program against Ohio State, their level of play and your level of coaching has been piss poor since you've gotten there. Piss poor. That's it. That's that's all that needs to be said. Leave your, leave your emotions. Leave all of that garbage that you, that you get rid of it. Take take your blinders off and look at it and and call it and see it for what it is. That your program, your team is awful against Ohio State, especially since you've been there. Awful, despicable, terrible, hot garbage. Wanted to get that on the board. Switching gears back to the NFL. And the big game of the week, which believe it or not will be seen by most of the nation, on uh because because Fox doesn't have a four twenty five game, so this will be like their premier matchup of the afternoon. They'll give uh they'll give Buck and Aikman the weekend off, having worked all of those uh you know Buck who really had. I can't imagine Buck Joe Buck. I get Joe Buck is not my favorite broadcast in the world by any stretch. But I I give him credit with his work ethic. I mean, this is a guy that has been going strong for I want to say I want to say since uh, you know uh, since July August maybe. I mean, had, doing doing uh, doing baseball for Fox and then and then go ahead and doing preseason football and then regular season starts and then he does all the regular season comes back and does the baseball alternate having to do Thursday night football in between him doing ALCS games between the Astros and the Yankees all that tra- all that cross country travel and then and then doing uh you know and then having him do 
Nationals and Astros World Series, then in between during the series off day, flying up to Minnesota to do uh, Redskins and Vikings Thursday night, and then having the World Series, of course, being ended. Not to, I, maybe he took a week off in between uh, the World Series and him going back to football. I'm not exactly sure, but then having to go right back and do f- and do double the football doing Thursday night, and then turn around going to a, another separate city to do the uh, Sunday 4:25 games. I mean, I give Joe Buck a lot of credit with his work ethic. Give him a lot of credit and. And of course, have Fox of course making them work Thanksgiving, and then they'll have to work, of course, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, uh, this upcoming Thursday, this upcoming week. Fox, good job on their part, gave uh, Joe Buck the week off. So the number Fox's number two team, uh, Kevin Burkhart, who's the MLB on Fox studio host and NFL on Fox play-by-play guy, the second team play-by-play, him and Charles Davis and and. Uh, Pam Oliver, they they will be here in Baltimore doing uh doing uh, and broadcasting Forty ers and Ravens on uh, Sunday. While uh, go look at the weather here, the weather in Baltimore game time. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. It's been it's been it's been cloud cover and windy all weekend, so it would not surprise me if the weather is is uh not great by kickoff one o'clock 46 degrees and rain so you will see so it will be a down it will not be comfortable for the west coast 49ers coming now granted it rains in northern california all the time but uh well it's not all i shouldn't say all the time but especially during uh the fall and winter months it rains there quite often and it's a little chilly up there than say uh you know, Southern California for the Rams, where the Ravens are just coming from. It was like 70, 70, 75 degrees at kickoff uh, back early in the week on Monday. But they'll play the 49ers who are coming in. Their body, you know, same thing with the Seahawks. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they manage playing on the East Coast on for a 1 o'clock game. That's 10, that's 10 a.m., for the uh for their body clocks so a lot of them will will still be in the bed you know if they were back in uh, Santa Clara preparing for a home game they would still be in bed or even if they would even if they are up at this time during a regular uh week they you know they are they certainly mentally aren't in the uh aren't in that playing football state of mind. Meanwhile, the Ravens are, of course, them being an East Coast team in 75% of their schedule, uh, you know, had one o'clock games. So, um, and like I told you, I don't see, I don't see the 49ers. The 49ers defense is, is legit. That team will be a playoff team. I don't expect them going very far, regardless if they get one seed, two seed, or five seed, I don't see them going very far just because the lack of experience, and they'll be going up up against teams that have experience, whether it be the Seahawks, whether it be the Packers, whether it be the uh, the Saints. I just don't see them going far in the playoffs. But they are a playoff caliber type football team. The defense especially proved that uh, the way they played last week against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo going into that building. That will be abs. It doesn't matter if it's negative twenty. It doesn't matter if it's ice bowl conditions. That M&T, M&T Bank Stadium will be packed to the 
Gills tomorrow afternoon to watch that team that has played perfect football since that September 29th loss against the Browns way back in September. It's been it's been two months. The damn recording this is November 30th. It's been two months since their last loss. They've officially gone a, a full two calendar days worth of months since their last loss. They've played on fire. And them coming in there, that place is going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be noisy. They're going to be pumped up. They're going to be hyped. Ravens coming back. Ravens come back home. Thanksgiving weekend. They absolutely whooped and embarrassed the defending NFC championship. Or excuse me, the, the defending NFC champion Rams earlier in the week. The 49ers. Uh-uh. No. no, no. And, the, and the Ravens have the 49ers number anyway. Super Bowl uh, 47, like I brought to you with the Jim Harbaugh scenario. And then the year before when they played each other on Thanksgiving night. The Ravens. You know the Ra- uh, the you're not stopping the Ravens in in their stadium with them playing as great a football as they have been playing, and then and on top of it, it's a West Coast team flying you know headed east, when their body clock is still on the AM side of the clock, not a ch- and against that young quarterback, not a chance, not a chance. The Forty ers and I will be absolutely shocked and floored if the Ravens somehow spit the bit and urinate themselves and lose to the 49ers because quite frankly I don't see it because there's too many things that has that has been going and there are too many things that on paper go in the Ravens favor for them to lose this game too many I I just do not see it Lamar Jackson has been a, Lamar Jackson has been a completely electrifying unstoppable force to be reckoned with their defense has been hungry because they get plenty of rest with Lamar and 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 company going down the field having those long uh tedious drives gives their defense a huge gives the Ravens defense that it, uh, who I'm speaking on gives them a huge advantage that they are well rested and they are just repping ready to go and fully energized and rejuvenated by the time it's their turn to take the field and what do they do? They go out there. They blitz. They blitz the crap out of the quarterback. They force the other team to, to uh, make dumb mistakes. They get the ball back, and they uh, either forcing a three and out or get a turnover or whatever. And they let Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do their thing. Have the have these eight, ten, twelve minute long drives. They march down the field, and then it's washed, rinse, and repeat on after. Four Niners. They have a good defense. But I mean, if the forty nine, if the Ravens can double team and quiet Aaron Donald, one of the one of the best defensive players in the sport right now, they they uh, Nick Bosa shouldn't shouldn't be too much of an issue. Especially when the Ravens have a coaching advantage because their because their coaching experience compared to the 49ers is you know, it's uh old you know it's old school versus new school. And then the quarterback play is just not a, I know, I'm not taking Jimmy Garoppolo. He's he hasn't played the Ravens in his career before. It's his first time playing them. East Coast, wet, cold, rainy, uh, you know, packed house, loud crowd, big time game. This, this is the game of the weekend. Seahawks and Vikings Monday night, not the game of the weekend. The stale matchup between the Texans and the Patriots, which would be a complete eyesore to watch, watching 
watching you know the t- watching Bill O'Brien making makes making his cringe-worthy coaching decisions and then watching the boring bland vanilla Patriots offense that that's still stuck that's been stuck in the mud essentially since the, you know the champ since the AFC Championship game back in Kansas City when they put up 40 something points I mean ever since that championship game the Patriots offense has been has been stood in a complete rut outside of the championship game against Kansas City in week one against Pittsburgh. Outside of those two games, they've done absolutely nothing in the calendar year 2019 offensively, and that includes the Super Bowl and all the games that they've played this season outside of week one against the, Patriots, against the Steelers. But that game was not the game of the weekend. This game should have been flexed to Sunday night because this is a big-time, big-time, big-time caliber game and a caliber first-class five-star matchup. I mean, this this will be the game of the weekend. This will absolutely 1,000% be the game of the weekend. And I would not be surprised if it isn't the game of the year either. Should be a good one. I give you my picks for that game, and I give you my picks for all the other games in Week 13 in the National Football League. Stay right there. I will be back right after this. Podcast. Now it is time for my week 13 picks. Pick the various games, all the games for week 13 in the National Football League. Here we go in the league where they play full pay. First up. The rematch of the fight in the night in Cleveland between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. No Mason Rudolph, no Miles Garrett, nor Pouncey in this game, so you're all squared away with that. Uh, I think Pouncey might be playing this game. I think I think he is. Um, but no Rudolph and no Miles Garrett to go at each other uh, during the game. Cleveland's favorite minus two. I will take Cleveland to win the game 26-23. Remember, Duck Hodges is starting that game for Pittsburgh and not uh, Mason Rudolph. Next game, Green Bay and the Packers going up against the Giants. Giants lost another football game on the road at the hands of the Chicago Bears last Sunday while the Packers are coming off of an embarrassing loss in front of America last Sunday night against the Green Bay, excuse me, against the San Francisco 49ers. I believe Aaron Rodgers and the bad man that he is will bounce back and have a good game. I expect the Packers to win 31-17. Washington and Carolina. 
Carolina favored minus 10 points. Washington coming off of their, what, their second win of the season against the uh, against the Detroit Lions last Sunday. I expect the Panthers to win 27-17. The 49ers and the Ravens, the game of the day, the game of the weekend. Like I said, I don't expect the 49ers to go into Baltimore and beat the, and beat the unstoppable Ravens. So I, on the air, first want to tell you, I do not expect the Ravens to lose another game until January come playoff time. I picked the Ravens to win 28-19. Tennessee and the Colts. Colts favored at minus three points. Uh, Tennessee had an impressive win against the Jaguars last Sunday. I believe the Colts are coming off of a bye last week. Uh, but nonetheless, they're coming in there at home. It's a divisional game. Uh, this Colts trying to stay in the playoff hunt, if not try to take the division away from the Texans. I will pick the Colts to win the game 23-20. Uh, Philadelphia at Miami. Philadelphia has hit a little bit of a rough patch lately, especially losing, especially coming up back-to-back losses at the hands of the Patriots and the Seahawks. Meanwhile, Miami just trying to continue their tank. I will pick the Eagles to win in Miami, 27-17. to The Jets and Bungles. Uh, other glorious tank ball where the Jets are favorite, minus 3.5. Bungles tried to continue their 0 for streak, still looking for their first win of the season. Meanwhile, the Jets are coming off with a complete butt whooping that they handed to John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders last week. I will pick the Bengals to win their first game of the season with Andy Dalton back at the helm. Bungles will win and screw up their own tank, but will get their first win of the season. Get that Bengals fan off that roof at that restaurant down in Kentucky. Bengals fans that live in the Cincinnati area will get 50% off their Papa John's Pizza on Monday because the Bengals will win 28-17. to Buccaneers and Jaguars. The Jaguars coming off of another loss against where the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry absolutely owned them last time out. Meanwhile, Buccaneers and Famous Jameis trying to get another win. I will pick the Bucks. To, excuse me. I will pick the Jaguars to win 25 to 19. The the Rams at the Cardinals. I will pick the Rams to win that game 24 to 20. Rams favorite minus three. Kent Oakland, like I previously stated, got absolutely smacked at MetLife Stadium against the Jets last time out. Meanwhile, Kansas City is uh, meanwhile Kansas City is still trying to distance themselves from Oakland to get that top spot in the AFC West, and are still trying to make some noise in the playoff hunt. As the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, win this game 34 to 21. Uh, Chiefs favorite minus nine and a half, by the way. Uh, Chargers and Broncos. Chargers favorite minus two and a half. I will pick them to beat the Broncos 21 to 13. The Sunday night game, the bland vanilla ice cream that I wish would have got put to one and swapped places with San Francisco and Baltimore. I will pick the Pages favorite by a field goal. I'll pick the Pages to win 21 to 17. And then, this, and then the Monday night game to cap off this long but football-heavy Week 13 schedule. Vikings and Seahawks, the rematch when these two teams played in early December last season. 
uh, Vikings coming off of a cla- uh, coming off of an impressive come from behind win. Uh, oh, did they have? A, I should I should get myself organized. But they had an impressive come from behind win against the Denver Broncos. This will be a test to see if the uh, Vikings are for real or not. Because one of the toughest things to do is going into Seattle, especially on prime time, and beating them. Seahawks favorite minus by Seahawks favorite by field goal after they come in off of beating the Eagles last week. Uh, they return home trying to uh, keep pace with the 49ers as far as the chase for the one seed and the chase for the NFC West division title is concerned. And this is themselves from the Rams who are still trying to catch up to them. But the Rams look like they could be fading down the stretch. I will pick the Seahawks to win the game 27 to 17. And I'll tell you one other thing. Russell Wilson, i tell you what Russell Wilson is doing this game. Russell Wilson essentially has to have, basically have, no income has to be perfect completion percentage wise. Have a QBR that is perfect and throw for 500 yards and combine for five touchdowns. Run for three and, or excuse me, throw for three and run for two. Because after that Monday night performance that Mark Jackson put on last Monday night, if Russ Wilson have a game like that, like I of the example I just gave you, I'm of course I'm being I'm exaggerating, but if he doesn't have a game in that sort of ballpark like I just uh, gave you an example of, he can he can kiss the MVP goodbye, because especially what happens whatever happens with the Ravens, considering that he got outplayed by Lamar Jackson when they played in mid October, they can kiss that he can kiss that MVP award. Uh, goodbye. But anyway, that's it. That's my picks for week 13 and a week where they play for pay. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the I'm Tell podcast. Thanks for watching. If you are new to the program, first time listener, be sure to hit the subscribe button down below. Share with your friends, family, relatives, co-workers, teammates, whatever the case might be that enjoy a little bit of sports talk. Uh, please follow your boy on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I is. Again, that's at Amatel underscore it T I is. Enjoy week 13 National Football League, everybody. Have a blessed, safe week. Thanks for listening. God bless. Y'all take care.